0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: How about those red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers? They picked up another win last night against the Detroit Pistons. We like to talk basketball with the big boys, and I can tell you one guy that knows this game inside and out, and he's our next guest. Howard back from The Ringer, Serious Sirius XM is on the North Homestead
2: Chrysler. Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Howard, how are you today? Doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind introduction with one edit. Uh, no longer doing NBA radio, just The Ringer. So. Uh, just the ringer.
1: Let's make sure we get it straight.
2: I'll all ringer, all the time.
1: That's all. <laughs> Howard. Hey, what do you think of the Cavaliers right now? I know we got a couple guys that just came back in, in Darius Garland and Mobley, but I mean they had a great month of January, eleven and two. So I mean they're playing good basketball right now, despite the names that are out on the floor.
2: It's it's they're such a a, a really fascinating team, which I'm like by fascinating, I'm guessing uh, by. Cavaliers fan standards might also mean um, befuddling and sometimes maddening and, and and like just weird, right? Like this has been an incredible month, but like, did anybody see this coming? And and the way that this season started out, I thought two things. One, I'm concerned for the Cavaliers having the same, um, I think, issues that I thought they had last season, which is I think there's too much overlap between their two best backcourt players and their two best frontcourt players. I'm not sure how it's going to sort out. Then there was the concern of like, well, now. Two of those four guys are injured, and I'm not sure how they're going to weather this because I don't think their depth is great. And then they go and rattle off the month that you just alluded to. So, like, I mean, they're befuddling in the best way possible right now because I, I just don't – every twist and turn of this season so far, I feel like, is, has been hard to see coming or unforeseeable, period. And so now the fascinating thing to me is, okay, as you get healthy <laughs> – um, what is it going to look like? And I'm not suggesting that you're better off without two all-star caliber players or two of your best four players, but I am suggesting that I think that fundamentally there's always been some potential issues of overlap or real issues of overlap, and sometimes in this league, less is more. Sometimes having a, a clear focus uh, for your offense. Let me just dismiss this call. Hang on. Oh, we know the feeling.
1: Sure um
2: <laughs> Happens to me all the time, usually when I'm on radio. Um, but but there's like sometimes you need to just have it uh, the pecking order be very clear, or just you know you've got one primary ball handler slash scorer, and there's somebody else who's secondary. And when you have two guys who both feel like they're primary, not because of ego, but just because of, of talent and stage of career, so like sometimes that's that's difficult. So like I'm I am fascinated by what has happened with them so far, the way they've evolved this season. And I'm fascinated to see how sustainable it is, especially as they get healthy. And I know, again, counterintuitive to say that more talent might make them somehow worse, but it is a juggling act at times in this league. Um, and I'll be very curious just to see how, how they play it out and, and what they can sustain. And then, and in the meantime, not only have they gotten better, but like it just feels like the top of the East has gotten stronger over the course of the season. And I know, like... Yeah, the Sixers are kind of going through right now because of some injuries, and the Bucks have been kind of all over the map, but those two teams are, are still right there in the thick of things in that, you know, it, it's one big second tier now, right? Boston's the first tier by themselves. But um, the Knicks have gotten suddenly really good, and the Pacers are legit, and the Heat are still looming and, and can never be dismissed despite their recent struggles. So uh, it's just a, a really fascinating race in the East right now.
3: Are, are they... They're clearly on a clock, Howard, with with Donovan Mitchell being able to opt out at the end of the next year. How should they approach this? I mean, do you think they can get him to sign? If they can't get him to sign, do you move him? When do you move him? If you get him to sign and it doesn't mesh because of the overlap that you've talked about, that I've talked about a lot, do you move Darius Garland? I, I would think they have some huge decisions to make and not a whole lot of time to make it.
2: So the consensus around the league this season, since the start of the season, I think has been, you know, one, yes, not only for the reasons we mentioned that are basketball reasons, but even for reasons of just the salary cap and luxury tax and second aprons and all the other stuff that's, that's in this new CBA. They're on the clock regardless, because eventually it's just going to be untenable in terms of the payroll. You can't keep all four guys in perpetuity. And then on, on top of that, of course, there's the basketball issues. And on top of that, there's, oh yeah, Donovan Mitchell's free agency and the, widespread belief you know years running um that he would rather play in new york um you know things change right if they're winning at a level and they are right now where maybe donovan mitchell thinks you know what maybe the grass isn't always greener and you know um maybe he doesn't you know you you talk about overlap and and fit and everything. Like I was never so sure that a Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson backcourt would make sense even before Jalen Brunson suddenly became an absolute stud and all-star and everything else. And I'm sure he's going to be named an all-star tonight. Um, I don't, I don't know that that's a great fit either. Now Donovan Mitchell would be a very easy fit with the Nets because they just need anybody. Um, So if if that's an alternative New York destination, then okay. But you asked about what, what's the approach. I mean, I'm not going to say anything that Kobe Altman and his, and his whole front office and ownership there don't already know, but it's, you try to get a sense from the player. Like, okay, let's separate fact from fiction here. And then those conversations I'm sure are happening, you know, semi-frequently. And, you know, if, if you don't want to be here long-term and if you don't want to sign an extension, you know, Hey, just give us the heads up so we can, we can move you. I mean, Paul George in Indiana had that discussion many years ago and, and, you know, that, that gave them the heads-up they needed with a year to go when they could still trade him with value and with security for the team that was obtaining him, which was, of course, Oklahoma, that, that they could get value. And that's, you know, how they got Sabonis and, and Oladipo. Um, if Donovan Mitchell is, is sure he does not want to sign an extension and leaning toward or even sure that he doesn't want to be there beyond this contract – That's the conversation you're obligated to have. Like, you you need to know that as an organization. But I also think the consensus around the league is that they're not going to do that. They're not making any move before this trade deadline. Like, if Donovan Mitchell's going to get moved for any of the reasons we've discussed, I I think that that's going to happen in the offseason. And in the meantime, you give yourself, you know, a good solid chance here to go as far as you can with the group you've got.
1: Yeah, do you think the Cavs need to have that pressure, though, to maybe want to have that conversation? before the eighth, I agree with everything you just said. I'm just, if you're the Cavs and, and, and the way you laid it out, I thought was perfect. But uh, if you're sitting there and you're like, uh, I don't know, are you, are you pressuring to have that conversation in the next seven days?
2: I, you know, I'm going to just guess. This is completely just sure. a guess that those conversations have already happened, um, that they know way more than, than any of us do. Obviously uh, they should, that's their job. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's the pressure to have the conversation with him between now and the trade deadline. I think it's probably a conversation that they've already had and maybe multiple versions of that conversation. Um, now, that doesn't mean they've gotten clarity. Donovan Mitchell could have just shrugged his shoulders or his agent could have just shrugged his shoulders and gone, gone, yeah, I'm not sure yet. We'll, we'll get back to you. In which case, yeah, that would make me nervous. And I would then, yeah, come back to them and say, uh, can you stop shrugging your shoulders and give me something a little bit more definitive because we're on the clock here. Um, but I also look with the role they're on. I think I'd rather take my chances with a draft night trade or a July trade or whatever than deal him right now. Like I, you know, and I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna guess most Cavaliers fans would agree with this. Like you, when they're rolling like this, you just want to see how far they can take it. And even if you think Donovan Mitchell's eventually leaving,
3: what'd you think when all of a sudden the Milwaukee Bucks? fire their first-year head coach and Adrian Griffin, who had him at 30 and 13, and they bring in Doc Rivers?
2: Uh, As my buddy Mark Stein likes to say, he should have patented this a long time ago, hashtag this league. Um, It's just you're never surprised by anything anymore. And and I'm not surprised in this case only because there have been doubts about Adrian Griffin almost from before day one. Like, you know, when Terry Stotts is leaving, you know, on the eve of the season or whatever date that was, as his top assistant, as, as as the one guy. You know, you always want, with a rookie head coach, you always want, like, an experienced former head coach. And when that guy has walked away under some strange circumstances uh, so soon, that's a big red flag, and there were many other red flags to follow. So, yeah, the record was what it was, but, like, it, it, clearly they did not trust that Adrian Griffin had the command of, of the locker room or of his stars or or just of, of how to run the team that was going to be needed in the spring. So the record, I know people fixate on that. Like, Oh, how can you fire a guy with that kind of record? All right. Yeah. The league's unfair. Uh, You know, guys get fired. You know, like Ty Lue didn't get, deserve to get fired (laughs) there years ago, despite a a bad record out of the gate because look at what the personnel was. Um, And in Milwaukee's case, it's not going to be about can you have the second or third best record in the East? Well, they know they can do that. They've got the talent to do that it's do you think you have the right head coach to press the right buttons at the right time in April, May, and hopefully June. And they clearly concluded that was not the case doc for whatever uh, faults or blemishes on his record. that people may point to has been to finals and won a championship and has a lot of experience working with, you know, high level superstars in this league um, and, and been being able to manage those, those kinds of, of rosters. So I get it. I get it. Um, but, yeah, it was not not, not, not the normal uh, chain of events. All righty.
1: Well, we're going to see how the Cavaliers play out here. We're going to watch and see how this thing uh, melds together or tries to get back together as they continue to play after they've been playing great basketball. Howard, we really, really appreciate your time. And, of course, we will catch you out on the ringer only, my friend. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Thank you, we'll Howard. talk to you
1: soon. He is Howard Beck and of course he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We just had Howard Beck on from The Ringer. And Howard has probably been man, he is such a voice of the NBA when it comes to I mean, he's been around I I, I remember him from even like when I was doing the pregame show. I mean, he's just he's been around. You he work for like the LA Times,
3: anything you work for the New York Times? he has been around. Yeah, I mean he he's really a knows long his stuff. time NBA writer.
1: He brought up a really interesting point because I think sometimes we talk about redundancy at the point guard position um when it comes to to Mitchell and Garland, but maybe or six-one guards. Um that because I said point, I'm sorry.
4: That Oh well, no, I mean they no, both I can know. play point.
1: I know. I just have That's... a it's just it's a redundancy at the, at that position, guard. But maybe we should be talking about redundancy at another position. Here's what he said.
2: This has been an incredible month, but like, did anybody see this coming? And, and the way that this season started out, I thought two things. One, I'm concerned for the Cavaliers having the same, I think, issues that I thought they had last season, which is I think there's too much overlap between their two best backcourt players and their two best frontcourt players. I'm not sure how it's going to sort out. Then there was the concern of like, well, now two of those four guys are injured, and I'm not sure how they're going to weather this because I don't think their depth is great. And then they go and rattle off the month that you just alluded to. All
1: right, but I don't know that we've really ever sat here and said, well, the front court's got you know too much redundancy when you talk about uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Like, I I don't know that we've ever talked about that. We we have brought it up,
3: uh, but not at not the same saying, length. Yeah. Well, not saying that it's a, a problem. I don't think it's a huge problem. And, and the reason I say that is this. You can't coach 6'11". You can't coach 6'10", Jared Allen. And? You're saying you can't coach height.
1: You can coach them.
3: You know what I mean. Yes. Hey, we'd like you to be 6'11". Can you work on that for me? Sure, no, you can't, you can't do that. And, and those guys don't have the ball in their hands. They're not distributing the ball. They have to get the ball. Somebody has to give it to them. Now, we, we hear all the time about, and again, 18%. We hear about them wanting Evan to expand his game a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, you do, have to, you do have to add some elements to the game. But you can have two, six, 10, 11 guys who might not be able to go out on the floor and hit shots. They don't, you don't have to all be Dirk Nowitzki. You know, the Celtics did real well with Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale. You know? But what what happened there? McHale spent a good portion of his career for the benefit of the team as a sixth man coming off the bench. And he took it all the way to the Hall of Fame. So I'm not saying one of those guys needs to come off the bench. What you might need to see, though, is stagger the minutes. And Dan Dan has talked about that before. Each guy plays 32 minutes. There leaves time when they're on the floor by themselves, time when they're on the floor together, but I would not move one of those two guys because a I don't think they're big enough. Not the not the guys, the team, and the, the problem is when you have two guys who want the ball in their hands all the time. That's where the overlap is, and I don't mean being you know greedy,
1: being selfish. That's what Donovan does. That's what Darius does. I, there's another question that I asked howard about the the clock you know we talk about the clock ticking on you know on um on, on just the way things can play out here I'm just trying to think of the right way to word this but the reality of the clock ticking for this year and trying to think ahead to what might happen can you judge anything with these guys back almost whole because I still don't know you know you got your your mouth wired shut for a month and if you're going to be playing at full capacity when you come back i mean he did a nice job last night in limited 19 time. points
3: in 20 minutes so but like that.
1: can you learn anything jeff by playing memphis san antonio sacramento and washington before the trade deadline on february 8th you don't need to learn anything no, nothing can you feel better yeah like you don't need I, to I learn it was anything garland garland made it sound like he was willing to adjust a little I don't mean? know what that means, but he wants to worry about – I mean, it's hard not to see success. When you're at 11-2 and two for a whole month and you've been out and you see your team is winning without you, you're kind of like, huh, do these guys need me? I don't know. That's a possibility. But I'm also sitting here saying, well, look who they played to. If it took 19 games, I think it was, for Darius to
3: sit out to have this basketball epiphany. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: Well, then that's,
3: that's wrong. And I don't think he had that. He knows how to play the game. Darius is a really smart basketball player. So is Donovan. You, you don't get into the NBA by not knowing how to play the game to I some know, extent, like, especially at those positions. And Andy, what's he going to do? You know what? This looks so good. I think I'm going to become Kyle Korver. I'm going to just spot up and shoot. Well, that's not what he does. You can't. And, and if that's what you're going to do, if that's what you're going to ask him to do, then you need to trade him. Well, I mean, And you, you need to you go just, get somebody who's 6'5",
1: 6'6", 6'7", who can do that. You talked about Kevin McHale just changing his game. I, I just I don't know. He never changed it.
3: He always had that game.
1: But, but I'm saying, but being a six man is what you were just
3: talking about. Well, remember when Colin Sexton and Darius Garland were here? Exactly. What was the yes. talk? Same thing. Everybody hated it. All of a sudden, you get Donovan Mitchell, who's basically the same size, and everybody loves it. Why? The problem was... You had 2 six one guards. Everybody hated it when Sexton and Garland were here. You, you bring in Donovan Mitchell in a deal, and suddenly it's okay? It's the same thing.
1: Except for one thing. One player might be a little more dominant or better than those well, guys we're
2: talking about. there you go. So,
1: That's exactly it. But, th- but
3: the concept is still in place, I think, personally. Mike is in Lorraine. Hello, Mike. Doesn't mean they can't figure it out still and really make it work, though.
5: Mike. Yes. How um, are you? Good. good. As far as uh, them being redundant in the bigs, there's been talk of that. And then do you remember after the Knicks series, they were ready to run Jared Allen out yes. of Cleveland? Yes. Weren't they? Yes. Weren't they ready to run Jared Allen out of Cleveland? Yes, they were. Uh, so, like, 11-2, and two, like, they? it's a long season.
1: Don't okay. get
5: all delirious over a 13-game snippet.
1: Well, that's not – but this goes back to something that Jeff's been talking about for weeks now. The numbers when these guys are here just probably aren't where you want – is that a fair way to say it, Jeff? Because I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, the They're not is, where like, you want – hang on, hang on, Mike. They're, they're
3: surprisingly not significantly better. In fact, they're not better than when guys are missing, which is just weird to me, Mike. Right.
5: What, what, what happened to Struess last night? Like, he, he, he had like two points. He was like one for six was not even part of their like eleven and two?
3: Mike, you sound like you know basketball. You know what I'm happened.
5: Just bad. I just was surprised by that. Like right. I mean, well, you know.
3: But but how many guys are gonna score fifteen every
5: night? You know, I mean you uh, he, he should. Well I mean you plug him in for fifteen. It's just a drastic drop off. It was kind of weird. And they struggled to beat Detroit, who was what, six and forty? Like they but were they, down like in the fourth quarter. You they can't they?
3: worry about that. Detroit's actually I, I think I know got they're some good. Talent. They got Cade Cunningham. They got good players. They, they do they have I, some I don't talent.
5: Understand. I, I don't know what the deal is. I mean See here here's the <laughs>
3: thing. Last night they had what six guys scoring double figures. And and Mike, I understand your thought on Struess. You're mad that he didn't. He did have two points. But they That's had right. six guys scoring double figures. i I really think what the players need to do and no indication that they aren't, and, Mike, that the fans need to do, check the egos and the stats at the door, and did the team function well enough to get a win as a team? Right, exactly. And then, right. S-
5: Hey, it, the other thing is just one thing. Can you believe that Travis Kelsey from Cleveland Heights is, like, blowing up? He's like a psyop. Like, he's going to decide the presidential
1: election. This has
5: gotten crazy. Can you believe that? <laughs>
1: Yes, Bastion. I can believe that. Bastion, yes. You're from high, high, I believe high. it. Yes. Believe?
5: And the other thing is. You have to you.
1: understand the power and the uh, impact of Cedar and Lee. Kelsey, Mike, Mike. Wasn't Travis Kelsey better in basketball than football in high school? Uh, you should have seen him play hockey. He was great in baseball. He was a good Mike. basketball player, I though. Yes. I he could have
5: been like a major leaguer in baseball. Uh, like,
1: that's what I say. Mike, I could have this conversation with you for hours. But Dan Menemigan.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Is a little sensitive, so he's going to play you off. I can't answer a few heights questions for my friends, my yeah, friends in Lorraine, because
3: we don't get enough uh, enough of that on this show. I
1: was our, starting our, to go down LEL the, friends at one point. That was what? starting to go down a direction that I didn't want it to go. Oh, what what the Kelsey? Dire- oh, I'm sorry. It's not like the Super Bowl is a week from Sunday and we got a guy from Cleveland Heights and we got a guy from Medina playing for the other team that, right, we can't talk about that.
3: Cloverleaf Colts, baby. Come on, Kyle.
1: How about his wife? Congratulations to his wife. Kyle actually
3: went to high school with my nephew. They were teammates. Oh,
1: that is a ding! Thank you. Uh, Congratulations to his wife, who's been making all this apparel. That we've seen... Uh, yeah, where-
3: she's making apparel for Travis Kelsey, and now her husband's going up against him in the Super Bowl. It's that's a-, a conflict of interest.
1: Oh, is there? Because I don't think so. Because when you look at it, it's all about the four four is 100... 100- oh, wait a minute. I don't know if that's good or not.
3: I know what you're <laughs> doing there. I know what you're doing.
1: I didn't want to jump to it too early, but I get. But I'm looking about... It. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it was announced... I The big announcement today was... We have a new area code coming. That four four zero is splitting. What's the new one? Four three six. Four three six is going to be the new area code. It's going to split out. Um, it's going to split out the four four zero. How about all those people that maybe got a tattoo that said four four zero on yeah. If, it? Yeah. Or- if if LeBron ever if if
3: LeBron's area code here in the Akron area changes from three three zero, he's
1: in big trouble. I'm not. I don't think they're like Cleveland itself is two one six, while all of Northeast Ohio used to be two one six. I mean, it would it would really sound weird if LeBron would be like, "Oh, this one's for the two three four, which is also now the same as three three zero. LeBron's place that that he's built that he built in Akron
3: is like the three three zero. Got to
1: be careful. Is it? I, you can share now. Now it's three three zero and two three four in that area code. They both exist in that same that scares me. Anyway. In that same, and now, now everything is a mess. The four four zero will be the four three six, but the two one six, you're still good. But if you grew up in the two one six, now you think it's the four three six. I mean, imagine how many like crossed out tattoos you may have on your arm if you decided to put the wrong area code on. I don't know. Are you from the four three six? Are you? I'm just asking. That's who I am? He's Jeff Phelps. I'm Andy Baskin. Stop it. Yeah, we are 216. Yeah, what's,
3: what's the area code,
1: Andy? 216. Oh. We are 216. We are the... I, are I get, you Are we right the OG? You're, you're so fired up. We are? You're, I am. I'm fired you, up about this new area
3: conversation and area code, and you Well, I got like cut it. off from my you're, Heights you're, conversation. Your level is
1: way up here, baby. I am baby. just tired of playing radio with Blood you guys Blood coming today. out of my ears.
4: 216-474-0092, basket Phelps. Shh. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.